And we welcome you to the Overtime Hockey Podcast in the heart of the COVID-19 coronavirus lockdowns, lock-ins, shutouts, shutdowns, whatever you want to call it. Along with Bart Archer, I'm Pete Wagner. We're actually in studio. Uh, we are actually working social distancing guidelines and not spitting on each other like we do during the midst of our broadcasts where we get every flu buggy. <laughs> It's early you can possibly yet. Possibly so. think of. So. It's early yet. But there, yeah, but uh, today's show is going to take a little bit of a different turn. Uh, today, Bart is going to uh, take uh, the reins of this program, and uh, there's a lot going on out there as far as what we're doing and uh, where we've been. And you know, we're working on this Legends of High School Hockey um, series that I'm doing on the MN Hockey TV, and I've I've got one for John Pohl coming up, who is um, what what a guy he is, and. It's shame. It's a shame, Bart, that streaming wasn't available for him in the late '90s because I think you know Minnesota already loved him. They sold out all the away rinks that he went to, and they you know put a town on their back and on the map in Red Wing. But it's something I think the great state of hockey's fans really missed out on. Sure, they got to see him as a Gopher, but it was the charm of the high school thing that really worked for him. Well, indeed, and I really like these capsules that you're doing or these podcasts. I mean. Uh... Uh, it, it kind of brings us back to some really uh, kind of nostalgic times, at least for me. But Johnny Poe was a wonderful player, a great golfer as well. And he's a wonderful individual from what I know. I don't have the pleasure of knowing him personally, but only good things have I heard about him. But Pete, I just want to kind of take the reins. And everybody listening, this is kind They're of... They're handed over. This is it's my, hard for me. This is my first blush uh, <laughs> kind of getting into this. So it might not be perfect, but we're going to try... Uh, you know, like this is hard for me. Uh, indeed, yeah, you're. you're it's it's almost like the reins over. Well, it's almost like Give you showed you and... showed me the Reese's peanut butter cup and you pulled it away and it was a king size. <laughs> right. Oh my god. It's called the distraction factor. Holy but Pete, shit. You're riding shotgun today, so right. give me the keys. And all right. Here we go. Driving. They're handed. Um, obviously, we have a lot of things going on that are unprecedented around the world and such. But uh, the good part is, I guess, overall with sports being shut down, is we did get the high school hockey season. In, we did, and it was completed, and it was very, very, uh, uh, very entertaining season. Um, but with the COVID-19 and all the uh, conditions and parameters we have to work around, I, I can't imagine that this really has affected you too much because a lot of your work is communication and just setting things up for the coming season. Can you give us a little indication as far as what you got going on yeah, at this time? Good, good call, Bart. It's um, <laughs> This part of the, the schedule or season is really my uh, preparatory time where... You know, really, you bring in all the funds and the money between uh, the months of, let's say, November and March. So we were able to get through the state tournament and deliver, which was good. Um, we did have some things we can get into further in the automation of the state tournaments in Minnesota Youth Hockey that ended up being a little bit derailed. But in the end, um, there's a lot of preparations for the upcoming season. It's interesting. No one's saying no, but it's a lot of trepidations. <clears throat> yes, it's sure. like they're sure. not sure, you know, what's going to happen here. But... I, th- I think all of society will absolutely be taking each other out, literally, if we're not allowed to get out and start doing things, especially in as uh, lowly infected of a state as we are, still waiting for the big surge. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's already happened. Sorry, I uh, editorialized. <laughs> That's okay. You have Kurt Blanche. But no, you're stuff. right. You, and, and the other thing is, is I do a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. You know, I do some with Hudson Physicians. I do uh, one with o- uh, O'Connell Funeral Homes. I do a business uh, group uh, out of Hudson, Wisconsin as well. So I've got a nice little core group of things there. We're working on other podcasts that way. I'm doing videos and other things like that. So those are usually what I do in the summertime anyway. And uh, right now there's a premium for those types of uh, uh, products as we speak. Well, and I'm sure that uh, information is out there, but as long as we have people's attention, how do they get in touch with you to move forward on a project? 
uh, you just email me, Pete, at uh, sportscontentmanagement.com. Don't put the I in there. That's Pete at sportscontentmanagement.com. That's content, C-O-N-T-E-N-T. Uh, and uh, really what, what, what I do a lot of is product podcasts. So you're, you're shuttered right now. Your, your business is still viable. Maybe you're doing some online sales. Maybe you'll have some big things coming out once you reopen your doors. And you know you can run as many uh, uh, circular ads or uh, TV ads, uh, spots on the radio, whatever it would be, Facebook posts and boosts. But what we're finding is the podcast is taking the message straight to the viewer. And, you know, these don't need to be 20-minute epics. They can be 10-minute bang-bang-in-out type things. Well, let me ask you this. Is this something where you get the structure for the presentation, or do they do you work in, in concert with the people that want your service, or how does that process work? Depends, really. Um, some people are very structured, and they mm -hmm. say, okay, look, these are our message points, and this is what we need to do. I do believe, though, as a radio host and having done it my entire career of 31 years of being behind a microphone, that once I do a show or two, they'll just say, we want to cover these <laughs> items. They, they, and they don't even put the work in. Right. They just hand it over. And then it's, but, but with it, it's more organic and authentic. Mm -hmm. All you need to do is tell me what your messaging is, who you're speaking to, why, what and when, and I'll just hammer it and let you be you and you share your story. Right. It sounds like it, it becomes more of a challenge, but a challenge that you can certainly uh, embrace. It's and just a trust. Yeah, yeah, once, they, once they trust you, know, I can sit there and say, you know, I've had I've had program directors say, you're the best interviewer I've ever heard. Right. True story. Um, <laughs> really? Well, it's true. <laughs> Very subtle. I mean, well, you know, you got to do it. So, 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 you know, I can say that, but they can say, yeah, right, whatever, nice hat. Uh, and then and then say, you know, once you do it, it's like, wow, this is really good. Mm -hmm. I did I do do a podcast with, uh, I just said doo-doo, um, with Social5, which is an incredible company. There's a social media company that I sell products for as well, which do incredible Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn type of uh, marketing materials. That'll be uh, boosted brand ads they create. They do uh, email newsletters with uh, writers that have been from USA uh, Today and all mm -hmm. sorts of high-end publications. And to be able to do that with Rob Wellman, who is a legend in the industry, is absolutely fantastic. Well, uh, I, I want to kind of transition into hockey, but uh, that's, absolutely. that's really great information. And I've seen the, uh, the results of your efforts, and they're very impressive. And I'm sure it's going to be better and better as we move on and say, I'm just going to get back to the very, very beginning. Now, I remember... Uh, there was a goaltender for Richfield. I think it was your first broadcast ever. Can you kind of tell us your first blush into uh, broadcasting way back in the day? I think it was probably 80-something. but what It actually started sooner, if you can believe this, in 1984. Was it Was No, Haiduki was, <laughs> was 84 with Jim Carroll and I. Of course, okay. it's John Haiduki. We just butchered right. the name. And right. We were at KAKE-TV, we called it. Uh, <laughs> 1984, public access was at a premium, and we really, really, what we what we were trying to do was um, see if this is something we wanted to do. Joe Manley was the camera guy. Pete Stoddard, I had to wait in line because he was the senior and I'm I was Pete. the junior to do the. Uh, he's a good guy. He did the play by play, and I did the color. The very first game I remember ever calling was a massive one that featured uh, Paul Ranheim and Ch Tom Chorsky. Edina and Minneapolis oh, wow. Southwest, early non-conference tilt, huge rivalry. Southwest was uh, very legitimate at the time. Yes. Edina was uh, state champions that year. 
and uh, that was great with uh, Dave Sarp on the right wing, the uh, breakout to him, touch pass to the oncoming Paul Ranheim, full speed, sling it over to the great late Bill Mork, who'd get it back to Heimer, who'd finish. I yeah. mean, that was uh, that was my first foray into it. So we'd take this, we'd walk in with this huge, <clears throat> do you mind if I go into this? Absolutely. We'd walk please. into this huge tape deck uh, for a <laughs> three-quarter inch tape. You know, and we get two. Some might not remember those we, days. I but. mean, and, and, the, and this camera, and, and, and we'd set it down in the corner that you and I still announced yep. from, from Braemar Arena. That's funny. And it was packed. And we had to get there early because people were, were pissed that we were even in those seats. It's right. like, oh, you know, so we would do it on tape delay. We'd do the games. We'd go back with Lance Leupold at, uh, was it Comcast, Time Warner? Uh, Rogers, Rogers, Paragon. Right. I can't I even remember it what it was. To I start. think it was Rogers. Might have been Rogers. Who knows, right? So I mean, it switched like twenty times. Uh, so we'd sit there, we'd edit the games, and and the great part was, Lance never had any negative things to say about the announcing. Oh. It was funny though. Pete was never there for the uh, editing of the post. Oh, imagine no, that. No, he just, was the just the talent. He was the talent. Right. Okay. So, but he never had anything bad to say about the announcing. But he would just rip Joe Manley, and he'd always say, "Focus." Focus, focus, right there, focus. So now uh, Joe, to this day, what is it, 35, 36 years later, has the nickname Focus. You're right. His brother Tom, who is one of the managers at Bunny, still says, hey, Focus says hi. That's so funny. So the family even picked up the name Focus. It's carried on. It was beautiful. So, last of the test of so time. So it went from there, and then 85, I, uh, I had kind of a busy hockey schedule. Didn't do any games that year because we were playing all the time. Mm -hmm. We played 64 games that year, which was awesome. Never had more fun playing the game last year of hockey to be able to do that. I agree. And then got to the University of Minnesota. And uh, do you mind if I keep going here? Go ahead. Oh, my God. I mean, so here's the thing, storytelling. I'll so just keep the, driving. Get to the University of Minnesota, and, you know, uh, I meet you there. And I hadn't done games since 84. And I'm sitting there going, okay, uh, I know I want to be Al Shaver, Herb mm -hmm. Carneal. I want to do play-by-play. -play. Maybe do some PR work, um, you know. So I was noodling around with a major, which would be uh, speech communications. There was a radio station, at the University of Minnesota WMMR. What a joke that was! Uh, unless you're one of the nerds that were in the in crowd that were seniors, you weren't getting any on air time. And I'm like, for lack of better words, fuck you. You, you know, can, I mean, that's just it. like whatever. I mean, I, I could go do ham radio at home and get yeah. more out of it than this. Um, I did say the f bomb there. Sorry, but had to. Um, Paints the picture. Well, it's it is what it is. So <laughs> so anyway. Well, I mean, it's so stupid. So, but I didn't feel like I was getting what I needed. Um, uh, I and I wasn't putting into it what I needed because I didn't have a passion for what it well, was. You were and young it wasn't too. You were being exposed to a lot of different still, things. Still trying to figure it out. And I, I, I essentially ended up uh, going to my advisor. And saying after I heard the great Dr. Norman Borlaug in a journalism class talk about how wonderful he was for nine painful weeks and not really doing one thing, uh, wasting my time, I'm happy for him. So I ended up uh, asking Randy Strobel, what should I do? And he said, you know, you need to go to Brown Institute. I'm not supposed to tell you. But everybody that's on the air that has any talent in this market has gone to Brown Institute. So I went over there. It's a two-year degree program. Mike Souchere was my guy. His brother Joe, of course, we all know him. I uh, loved Mike. He was a great person. Walked me through the process. Showed me how they're going to train me to be an on-air talent. How I was going to be able to handle my interpretation of reading. How I would be able to do some play-by-play. -play. Uh, it was the place mm -hmm. for me. So uh, a four-year degree wasn't necessary to do what I needed to do. And I immediately signed on the dotted line. Went back to Strobel. He goes, what'd you do? I said, see ya. 
He goes, I don't blame you. Good for him. He said, I'm not supposed to tell you that, but my Good job is to make he sure you get what you it. need. Yeah, right. and, I, and I, I, I remember his name, him, and I'll never forget. He mm. kind of looked like the guy from Beavis and Butthead, the English teacher who talks about the wonderful world of haiku. Remember that guy? No, I didn't watch this. Oh, he looks just like him reminding me. I kind of had the hair, the glasses, the whole thing. <laughs> so um, I get there, and I meet a guy named Mike Smith. Remember Schmitty? Yes, I remember okay. Schmitty. At least I remember the name. Well, so I was, um, I was doing a nice job there. I clearly had... Some talent. I wasn't there because I like music, man. Right. I was there because I wanted to get a job and work, and Mike was too. And he said, "You know, we got this thing called BEC TV, and uh, you got to come check this out." Cause... Wilmington Education Cable Television. And what is it? The station of? The station of champions. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, so he um, he said, "You know, we really do these awesome productions," and I'm like, "Yeah, whatever, man." I'm thinking. I, I'm not saying no, but in my mind, I'm going, "Oh God, it's Lance Leupold telling the camera yeah. guy to focus." Right. You know. Right. So he's like, "Yeah, we like to do. It. You can bring a color guy too." And so I had met you in '85, our my freshman year, both of our freshman year, and uh, we've been friends ever since. And I'm like, "Do you want to come do some color?" And you're like, "Yeah, man," because you were going to school to be a journalist. Absolutely. So you had a and a love for the game, and and it was an easy yes for you. Oh, I was scared to death though. Honestly, Were you? yeah. Tell me about that. Well, it just, it was a situation where, you know, you get put in a position to be an authority or to be the proverbial expert, so to speak. And I, I loved hockey. I was, I had great coaches. I knew a lot about hockey, but translating it to the general public without sounding like a, a knucklehead was uh, something that I was a little bit nervous about. I still am to a certain degree to this day, and I've been doing it for 30 years, but uh, it was the first blush in, and we haven't looked back since. Do, do you really uh, get nervous about that? A little anxious, I guess. Nervous, uh, maybe anxious. I just A lot of times, I just want to get rolling, but once you you know, you know listen to Wags do the opening, I settle down, and we just kind of do our thing. Well, one of the things is, is finding your inter <clears throat> internal governor. I mean, when the games are big, it's easy to get excited and uh, have adrenaline, and it kind of like pushes you yeah. but that's when I feel like I do my best actually because I'm focused I don't because there's a lot of distractions I'm surprised with you doing the production the setup the play-by-play -play. I'm surprised you maintain your focus as well as you do because I just do color and I get distracted and it's hard for me to stand point so compliment just snuck that in oh, thank uh, you, you do a great job thank multitasking you. and people don't see that uh, when they're listening or even watching they don't see what goes on behind the it's, scenes it's, it, to me the announce is the easy part yeah you know the, the the tricky part is getting everybody in place getting the gear up and we'll get into that in a bit but anyway so we do these BEC TV thank you by the way we do these BEC TV broadcasts and uh, you and I are like royalty we just you are for sure well we, we, we're the talent they refer to us as talent I'm like oh my god all right okay I love Tom Ringdahl he's the best so they've got the truck they've got like three four cameras we've got replays we've got monitor uh we've got people talking in our ears I and mean, were we doing that in the late 80s were we going with the truck we were weren't we yeah we were absolutely okay and um I'm like oh this is like doing a uh at the time it wasn't MSC. It was, uh, was it MSC in the late 80s? Maybe it was. Mm. It was like an MSC production, sure. uh, Midwest Sports Channel. And um, we would just show up. We'd sit down. Uh, we'd do the broadcast. And we'd walk away. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty and, favorable. And we were getting, we were getting countless chops and opportunities. And, and the beautiful part is, is you had Mark Holgren, <laughs> great guy, uh, owns the Burger King over there off of uh, Nicollet, and I believe is it 98th, correct? Uh, right by Kennedy High School. So he was sort of, um, you know, he had Kelly Hulker and his nephew who was playing at uh, Jefferson. And obviously he had an interest there with his brother Bruce and Kelly. But we would rotate. Uh, we, we, would, we, 
we would get the billing to take the team that we thought was going to the section final in the state tournament. I remember. Right? Yeah. So uh, it was Kennedy. Either. It was Kennedy to start. <laughs> right. um, and uh, Coach Peterson had a hell of a hockey club there in the late 80s, won a state title, I believe, in 87. And uh, we enjoyed that. But then we transitioned to Matt Percival, who's, by the way, now the athletic director, Percival Pringle III. Had a th- <laughs> I saw I was you. so waiting for that. I saw you, brother That's love. So I saw you. You were tired. I love you. <laughs> Oh how about how about Paul Bear? Paul, yeah. I saw oh, a video Lord. of him. You know, had the makeup on, the black lipstick, and he was standing off to the side as as uh, Taker was doing his thing, and he had that like that really creepy, nervous look going. Right. Oh God, amazing. But for pro wrestling let's fans, I appreciate that. But we always used to call him Percival Pringle the Third. <laughs> right. A term of endearment, uh, but, no but that was when he was doing the stuff in the South. Uh, mm-hmm. the, of course, we're talking about the manager in wrestling. But anyway. So um, then we uh, we were able to I think fortunately run through those those great Bloomington Jefferson teams uh, undefeated ripping off three straight state titles the three peat really impressive um, go ahead well I just I just want to kind of jump in as long as we're talking about this but it, it was kind of uh, cutting my teeth in a very difficult situation because Jefferson was so good. That a lot of games were eight to nothing and running time in the third period, and to try to be engaging and interesting and find points of interest during those types of games really challenged me. So then, when we got some drama, it was really a lot easier to call those games. So I'm really glad that Jefferson was as good as they were, and we got a chance to uh, be the voice of it. But it was it was very. Uh, beneficial in the development of what I deem as my limited skill or whatever you see it as. I see it as great skill and uh, we have a blast. So, uh, um, you know, one of the things when I think of Bloomington Jefferson hockey in that era, the the thing that I think about, there's only one thing that comes to mind immediately and I don't think you're going to believe what it is. What's that? It's the very first time I saw Mike Crowley as a yeah. freshman coming uh, his first shift. He was in the left corner. I still visualize it. I can see it. And I can remember watching his body... Uh, positioning his skating and his uh, vision and his poise and execution as a freshman uh, looking like a freshman in college. Uh, not the strongest at the time, obviously, because he was just a kid, but uh, I still have never forgot that. Whenever you say Mike Crowley's name, I have that vision. Whenever BECTV is brought up, I think of that. Uh, when I think of Jefferson Hockey in the Golden Era, I think of that. Um, then I go into the subtitles of me ripping Doug Woog for not bothering with Mark Parrish constantly uh, I, you're not alone oh uh, it was hardcore and mikey anderson was a good player for well, i'm not be, i'm not besmirching it's that not again, nothing not against him i'm just saying like I, it wasn't even he was in their backyard they didn't How even, did they they didn't even bother him? with it and, and it just was so i mean i like, blame what, billy butters I like, <laughs> wasn't he the scout back then no i was all over wood because he'd be the one at the ranks i don't think i don't think bill was there at the time huh, i don't know i just uh, so, so anyway, that, that was, that was, those were the golden eras of really getting us started. In between there, I went to Redwood Falls and worked as a sports director at a radio station, KLGR, for a year and a half. Yeah. And I got to the fa- stage where I was really comfortable in the job and doing what I needed to do and, and how it worked. It was a lot of work because many of your days would be 7 a.m. until 11 p.m. like it is in, in, in media and broadcast yep. stuff, but... Uh, I got to the stage of thinking, okay, I could do this forever, right, and mm-hmm. just live here and you know make your right. chump change, or I could just get on with it and, and get back and, and, and see what I could do. good experience, though, for you. Correct. The one thing that I didn't want to do mm-hmm. was um, 
you know, I, I briefly thought of it, getting on a bus with a minor league hockey club to be their play-by-play guy and be biffing ads for the broadcasts. Ha, it just didn't sound exciting to me, so um, I got myself into a little more of uh, creating my own business here, which really started then. Absolutely. Uh, but I remember, and just to turn back the hands of time, I think it was 88, uh, it was a year before we went over to BEC, doing Hornet games where we would go get the equipment from the library and check it out. And we'd go uh, uh, go to the uh, rink at Braemar Arena and do the games. I just remember uh, like Matt Hentges and uh, Tommy Never's era and Mikey Hineker yeah, we and did those do that. boys. So, uh, so that was where yeah. I, I feel like I cut my teeth. And I feel sorry for Tom Never's because he was my focus player because I didn't know what I was doing. But uh, he was very gracious and, and I still am friends with him to this day. But that was my first yeah. blush. But BEC was really most the first professional field that I, I think that we had. You're right. I, I, I did, I did kind of gloss over the Dyna Productions. They won the title uh, that year, I think. Too. Uh, 88. More, <laughs> more because of the grandness of BEC. Right. And no. because of doing those, we had less time and availability. You felt like you arrived a little bit when you, when you had that production. Yeah, and we were still going very... Um, you know, a manual, I mm-hmm. guess is what I would mm-hmm. say in our productions. And, but it shows and, your drive. I mean, to go through all those paces to put the high school product out there on cable public access, you'd have to check the it gear took out. some effort. You have to check the gear out. But, you know, um, I, th- I think our, with everything we've done mm-hmm. with, and we'll get deeper into that too, all of the high school hockey games, thousands that we've called and done on various it has outlets and formats. <laughs> There's one thing that still rings true to this day that stands uh, the test of time. And it doesn't matter even if I'm in the grocery store today or where I am. The word overtime with a smile mm-hmm. still comes up. Absolutely. And um, we didn't have ratings at that time. But when I came back from Redwood Falls, I wanted to stay relevant. K-Fan hadn't even started at this no, point. No, it wasn't, wasn't. No. And we had decided that uh, myself, you, a journalism student, and Jeff Bangs, another journalism student, would, would dive in and do a studio-based show uh, and, and bring in guests at... Paragon, Time Warner, uh, Rogers, whatever it was. Center. Yeah, we started there, and then remember we moved over to uh, Hopkins in yes, their studio. Indeed. Absolutely. And then maybe even Eden Prairie for a brief period. And I think we did that show for about two and a half years. Yeah, it was it was a pretty good run, but that was a blast. I'm gonna Every tell, Friday night. I'm going to tell a quick story. Now, me and you had done the broadcast, and we were somewhat comfortable in front of the camera to a certain degree, but Jeff Banks, it was his first blush in front of the camera, practicing his craft and stuff. And he had a stack of preparatory papers. I mean, it had to be an inch tall of everything that we might have talked about. <laughs> and before he was nervous, I so thought he had you to go had to the stack. No, I just I had a couple notes and stuff. But uh, but he decided he had to go to the restroom before the broadcast. And when he came back, I hid all those papers on him. And then all of a sudden, we went live, and the look on his face was just absolutely fabulous. I felt bad about it, but I still laugh about it to this day. But that was. Those are some great memories. I mean, we brought some of the Edina players into the studio and interviewed them and got a feel for it. So I think that was really kind of what chummed the water for everything. And, and Pete, I'm going to transition a little bit uh, away from that now. Now, there was a couple years where we still did streaming or we still did broadcasts and stuff, but it really started to kind of get some traction two years before My Fox Hockey. It seemed like you had kind of your own production company. Can we get... Sorry. Go ahead. Can we get back on OT for one second? Oh, absolutely. I'm sorry. Um the the overtime show worked and was so special because you had Jeff, yourself, and me. Yeah. Three really good friends mm-hmm. and three very different personalities. Oh, and different opinions as well. It was lively. It was. 
and we took phone calls. And yep. I remember our very, very first show, uh, I want to call in like we're on CCO mm -hmm. for sports. Mm -hmm. And we set up the first, like we had five of our friends ready to call and queue in. The first two calls we knew. Yeah. The next two calls were like, none of our friends got through and we never turned back and the That's phone so lines were busy. So, so many people watch that. And to this day, so many people are so grateful for it. Mike Doucette called me fat and I've never forgiven him. <laughs> he was the show that followed us. And he said the fat guy. And it's just like, dude. I'm half the man you are. Did he call you the fat yeah, guy? I think he did. And he was fat too. Well, that's I said too. Kettle. I mean, come on, man. And I wasn't that. I was big, but I wasn't fat. I don't think. But it was humbling. I had to be uh, aware of my on uh, on camera persona, so to speak. But no, that was a, a wonderful time. And we actually even did a remote broadcast from Scoreboard off Shady Oak Road. Oh, we got black screen. Oh, tell it, that story. But, well, it just, it wasn't a perfect situation, but the fact that we actually had the courage to go out and do that before it had ever been really done before, and I thought we pulled it off quite well, but yeah, when we went black screen, all of our crew got a little excited because we had to recruit friends to man certain posts, and they didn't really know exactly what they were doing, but it was very interesting. Well, we got through it, and we got some good reviews out of it. Not only that, we had a full house, <clears throat> so we brought in a ton of people. It was <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, but we're doing like a, a Phil Donahue show, right. where we're walking through the crowd with microphones. You were walking. And, okay, fine. Yeah, you guys you guys were sitting up on the stage, and I was working the crowd, You're and we right. had giveaways. And, you were breaking I mean, the sweat. You know, you know, I think there's something that's very important about this, and I'm very proud of it. Yeah. We took a major leap. We didn't have K-Fan to fall back no. on. We, we we didn't have any of that. There was an old guard of sportscasters that did a fine job and did their thing, but we dared to be different, and we did it. And then we pushed the envelope of at-the-time technology. And as we get into this, I think you're going to see that it's a common theme. Right, and I think you saying we, you're being a little generous. It was It was primarily you being the driving force beyond it and made it all happen. We just were... Uh, waiting for direction, and we we wanted to support, but you were the one that really spearheaded. I and that's what you, huh? I said I needed you. Oh well, we needed symbolically. I mean, what we I'm saying is other, important. But, it's important. But, but all, you, all were the, the, you were the Gretzky. Words. I was the Curry. Let's just say that. Oh, and okay. then he was the Glenn Anderson. <laughs> no, Jeff was Semenko. No, I'm kidding. Semenhead. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> uh, wow. But no. So that, anyway, thanks for letting me no, you know rewind absolutely. the tape and go back to that because I thought that was very very important. Oh, uh, it was one of the great kind of little capsules of, of my life that I look back with very fond memories. We met a lot of great people and got some great support. And and uh, you know what's funny is I, I can still remember most of the players back in the 80-80 Dyna team and most of the players back in those Jaguar teams. And I can't really necessarily say that because that's not my strong suit, but uh, they were very impactful as far as my development. I'm sure they were for you as well. Let me transition because I have Go the right keys ahead. to the car. Okay, You're sorry, sorry. I'm no, having no a hard time. <laughs> I'm hijacking it back. Actually. You're doing pretty well. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I thought we'd have more conflict. <laughs> nah. No, but it's just... Uh, now, my Fox Hockey started in 2006. Yeah. But you actually had a couple production companies uh, or a company before that where we did some broadcasts. What actually gave you the mindset to approach Channel 9 uh, and, and present this product? And how did you make this actually happen? Because that's when things really started to take off for streaming. And there were a lot of wannabes or, or kind of clones that kind of jumped into the mix. But how did it initially start with My Fox Hockey? So this is my show, our show, your, your show today. No, but I, this is over. And I this is going to take context. a bit of time. That's okay. why I'm saying mm -hmm. that. But you can turn it off. But I think it's it, it has relevancy to it. 
So uh, moved to Dallas in '93 to work for the Stars, and my whole goal was to try to wiggle in and get the play-by-play job. Oh, and sure. just, Billy Strong sure. had none of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I wasn't willing. So, so I came back, and I, I had some good work with the general manager Bob Ganey, and you know, all that was great. Then I started buying time on radio stations, doing talk shows overtime, mm-hmm. doing hockey games, and, and, and those types of things, and that really ran me through. In uh, 9/11. Uh, I remember going to our offices at Midwest Replication where we manufactured DVDs and CDs from uh, Raw Materials, which would then become Duplication Factory with Pete Henches and Pete McCarthy is awesome. And um, I I, I remember driving down Dewey Hill Road on my way to Blake Road, gorgeous uh, Tuesday, I believe it was, and I'm hearing about this, quote, commuter plane that crashed into the tower, and I'm like, they made it sound like it was just a... A little biplane thing, right. you know, or a little thing from well, maybe the first. Plane. And I, and, and you know, I, I, I'm sort <clears throat> of a uh, political wonk, so to speak, uh, as you know. Mm-hmm. And I knew right away that that was terrorism, and that it was going to be from Bin Laden's group. It was obvious. So I wanted to get as much information as I could. I went in there. Our TV was very snowy. It wasn't working well. There was this thing we were using called the internet, which was decently new and still really unevolved. There was ways you could get it, download images. There's articles that weren't loading because everything was so slow because the internet was yeah, just packed and it was so oh, slow. And then there was audio out there that was sort of available. And then, wow, there looked like there could be some video, but you couldn't get any of it. Right. And so I remember taking a mental note saying that someday this is the way this is all going to work. And this is where media is going to generate from. So uh, I bided my time. I waited till 2004. Uh, I built uh, a website called The Stitch, S-T-I-T-C-H. I still have cards for that, by the way. That's a good logo, by the way. I liked it. And the idea of that was, uh, how can I tie baseball and hockey together? And I thought, well, they both have stitches, one on a baseball, one on, <laughs> one on your face. It was zippers. So I kind of came up with this cartoon character. But anyway, the whole idea of that was to, uh, I gave up everything. I got divorced that year. I gave up everything. And I just started over. And uh, I was personally in probably not the best of places. Uh, it was difficult. And I tend to, when things get difficult, throw myself into work or my profession. The and distraction. I do, I do a ton of content. Focus. And, it, and, it, and it focuses me, yes. So um, I, uh, I got to give Pete Hench's credit for this. And I, I invoked him with Midwest Replication. He's one of my best friends, like you. And I was telling him, I was driving down Vernon Avenue to my apartment then at the time, and uh, in Edina, and I was telling him about this dream and this idea, this dream and this idea. And he said, Pete, I'm so sick of hearing about this. <laughs> Just shut up, but he put an F in there. Shut right. the fuck up. Okay. Okay? And either do it or don't say it anymore. Either you risk it all and you right. do it because you believe in it, because that's what a business person does, right. or you quit talking about it. Right. I don't want to hear about your dreams anymore. And that, because that was going on for about a year and a half, maybe. That was sobering a little bit. Well, so I turned in. I'll never forget turning in. I know I returned when I drive by. I think about it. And I said, that's it. At the time, I was working with Pauses and Sons delivering wine. Mm-hmm. Um, really good job. Made a lot of money. <laughs> and uh, I kind of wonder. The benefits uh, were what, great. What did I do? To, oh, yeah. We got 12 bottles every week. Yeah, you'd be popular uh, nowadays. I'll tell you that. Them off everywhere. <laughs> Um, but but I, I, I decided that Thursday night on Friday morning, I went and gave my great uh, manager, Greg, whose kids played hockey in Wyzetta, the, uh, the uh, two-week <clears throat> notice. And he said, totally appreciate it, man. Love it. Get it. Go for it. And uh, cool. I started a website. I spent $80,000 on this website to be built. Uh, done on Dreamweaver, which I could not load into my first. I still have it. You should see the MacBook Pro. It's like 
3,000 pounds. It was oh, hilarious. That's great. But Linda Kelly out of Chicago built this thing, and so it was all about you know content. I would she'd post it, and then I'd do recorded podcasts that she would post, much like this, really, mm-hmm. uh, which was ahead of its time. Who was doing podcasts? You were always ahead of your time. N- that's nobody's the point doing podcasts. We want to make sure that people know is you were always a pioneer in every way, shape, and that's form. That's very nice of you. Thank it's you. It's true though. But so so started, and then you and I started doing some games. Remember the game we did from Braemar Arena when David Fisher. And Kyle Medvek uh, beat Holy Angels. Yeah, absolutely. Like right in Holy Angels' heyday. Yeah. That was tape delay. That was an audio broadcast we did tape delay that we posted on online after the fact. That's how we were doing it. I had known that they were streaming because there's a company called Crystal Clear Broadcasting out of Spring Lake Park. And they were ahead of their time and tip of the cap. But I watched them basically fail. Mm Mm-hmm. And they did pay-per-view out of the shoot. It was ten bucks a game. Wow. Nobody is really used to buying content. Although, ten bucks was a good although, piece of coin back then. Well, too. and think about it for sure. Think about it, though. We were buying cable. Mm-hmm. We were buying satellite. We were buying newspapers. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So people, though, for some reason, had this feeling that the internet, because it was an airy thing, should be free because right. you turn on your radio. But they forget that you had to buy the radio from which to buy, listen to sure. it. Or, or you know what I'm saying? No, I get you. So uh, I watched them have people be really frustrated with 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 rough broadcasts. You know, either the internet wasn't good enough to go out or good enough to come in. Yeah. So uh, there's always something that people. So I'm can like, wow, these guys are just scrapping here. I mean, this. But they is, were there. That's the. But yeah, but yeah, but I'm sitting there going, ah, oh, man, I, I'm not ready for that. So my good friend Gary Doan uh, came into the BP gas station in Edina. Right out Vernon. Or has held gunpoint once at that store. Oh, I think I knew this. By any Dynacon. Really? <laughs> it's the greatest story ever. Oh, my word. <laughs> Man. <clears throat> COVID cough. And Mark Christopher was there. He I got thrown Mark. down by a couple of detectives and cuffed. Well, he looks they, like a they, they thought, oh, <laughs> <laughs> They thought we were getting robbed. Oh. Uh, and we were getting internet. And the guy kept tapping a line, which was the emergency line on the outside of the building. And it calls 911. So they're calling that <laughs> phone back and nobody's asking. This son of a bitch shows up in, in, a, in, in like a bad chips outfit. You know, he's got... Spray painted on? No, yeah, it was like a t-shirt and his badge was faded because he didn't do his wash well enough, you know. So he comes in there and he stuffs his gun in and I'm leaning over the counter talking to this guy, Jason, you know. Well, maybe it's this one. He goes, I don't get it. And he goes, what's going on? And so I'm thinking we're being robbed by a mall cop gone bad as close to Halloween. he's going rogue. Uh, I'm like, what Mm. is going on here? And the next thing you know, I'm like trying to get Mark to run down the aisle of food so he'll pay attention to him and I was going to jump him. And that's not a big story. Either. And this is a cop, okay? But I didn't feel like it was. Right. The ambush. We were ambushed. He kept saying, "He shut the bleep up, mother bleeper. Get the bleep back. I go, I work here. I kept showing him my badge. Right. I wasn't proud of the BP badge. Come on, punch, read the, my badge. The whole reason I worked for the Thornies was um, I could use that to have my... Uh, my bennies and to pay my child support and I could work this whole thing so that was a funny story Uh, ends up being resolved with uh, like eight cop cars swarming the place the guy on the floor all of a sudden out of nowhere the guy goes is there anything else we need to know all of a sudden these two hands come up and he was an African American that didn't help I'm serious Hands go, I need backup, I need backup. Uh-huh. And I go, no, you don't. It's the bleeping phone guy. I'm, He's negotiating with the police. There are people that were in the, <laughs> people are in the parking lot watching. And I'm like, he's the bleeping phone guy. My God, just going on and on. So all of a sudden, here comes Steve Stroh, yeah, former OLG-er with me. Yeah. A couple other guys. They got my buddy cuffed. 
he had like four phones because he worked for T-Mobile. Yeah, So I they're remember. thinking he's full on drug dealer. Well, he was selling T-Mobile, so maybe he should have been in handcuffs. No. <laughs> <laughs> they're, my, they're my provider. I'm and, kidding. And, and, anyway, and they, were, they were a great proud sponsor the other day. So all of a sudden, Stro and his buddy, he goes, check the truck, check the truck. There's a Quest truck at the time. It's Quest sitting in the parking lot, in the parking spot. And, and, and he's like sweating, this guy. Oh. And these guys go walking, and they, they took two steps, looked at it, threw their hands, like, screw that. Right. Turned around, we clear the building. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, this Jason guy, he gets let go, and he goes, I gotta go. I go, okay. He goes, I gotta, I gotta have about an hour break here. I said, okay, well, what do we got? He said, uh, I have a lot of pot in that truck right now, and I don't want to lose my job. I love my job. Did they get all the way there? I go, nope. <laughs> So he goes, I got, and then he said, I got, Sweating bullets. he goes, I got to go get high. And I go, I don't blame you. Can oh, I come with him? No, I never done no, that. But, 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 but it, 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 that was funny. Anyway, so this guy, Gary, we divert. Was that a great? It's medicinal purposes that was after real. that experience, right? So, so then I call the United Police Chief and I go, you know, can I lodge a complaint? Sure, go right ahead. I'm sure, Pete. <laughs> Actually, at the time, it was Jeff Long, class of 85. I was going to say, you likely knew him. Yeah, and so I'm like, Jeff, can, uh, can we talk about this a little bit? He goes, sure. You know, and I said, well, I felt a little bit... Uh, Harassed. Ambushed. Ambushed. And I feel like the control <clears throat> was under, under clear, and he, he snuck up on the building, and uh, I didn't believe he was a cop. I'd never seen a motorcycle... And then he just gave me he's doing his job and blah, 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 blah. And I got the proverbial, you should be thankful. I go, that I nearly got shot in the head? Okay, good. Yeah, thank you. Um, but anyway, so I get it. So there's a guy that would come in there named Gary Doan back on the story. And um, he said, he, had, he was the first guy I knew that had an iPhone. And yeah. I was very intrigued by that because I was rocking the black B at the time. Oh, sure. Okay. And uh, he, he's like, you know, you can, a couple of years later. Be a for all you kids. <laughs> he... He, he comes up to me and he goes, you know, you can stream. And I said, I, I know it can be done. He goes, no, 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 it's, it, it's very easy. Here's what you need to do. So he basically gave me a training program right there at that BP station. Uh, that was in the spring of 06. So uh, I got real uh, ballsy. And I knew Sheila Oliver because I coached her son, uh, Nick, in baseball with Danny. Knew Bill Dahlman as well from Edina Hockey. And uh, went straight to them. And I, I always felt as though uh, if you want to start a business, that your content needs to be elevated. And it's good to have partnerships. So that's why I thought Fox 9 would be the best start. So went there, plunked uh, As Bill told this story on the news, it was a great story, probably about 2010. He goes, yeah, Pete Wagner comes in. He plunks down a computer, a microphone, a camera, a couple cables, and said, you talk about being live and local. You can't get any more live and local than high school hockey and the passion of it. Let's go. Here's what we're going to do. And we bought in, and they did. And so Sounds we start, like an ambush to me. Oh, it was full <laughs> on. You know, but I, it, was, it was one of my better pitches, but it, it spoke for itself. And, and we did it. Uh, it was not good. I mean, you know, the Internet wasn't great, and the Internet at home wasn't great, but people didn't care. The first step of the process. And here's the other part is once the game was done and on demand, mm-hmm. they had it. They could watch it. Yeah. We had some legendary moments with that. I mean, it was the Wild West. So the Stitch then served as the content provider for my Fox Hockey. And then after that, it was Ken Pauly and I who were very good friends, and Chad Nyberg a little bit over at mm-hmm. Hopkins at the time. We're good now. Nice man. Great guy. Yeah. Good AD over at Bloomington Jefferson. And we started talking. They wanted to upgrade their Minnesota Coaches Association website. And uh, I w- didn't quite connect with that because I was dreaming beyond that. I wanted sure. NHL.com. So I said, yeah, let's go. We'll make it NHL.com. They go, what do you mean? I said, I need your support. 
I need your help. You guys got to get all the coaches to buy in to providing uh, scores to a website that we're going to create. And uh, we'll have all the scores, statistics, and everything. And then I looked at Chad Nyberg, and I pointed right at him. And I said, stats are king. And, and people, uh, we, you and I would run to get the sporting news oh. and look at the NHL leaders. Uh, we'd look at the Sunday paper for the baseball, uh, for the baseball uh, all the teams, all the players, please. and I would stare at it for hours. Right. And uh, that's what we did, and people still do it, and people still love it. Stats are king. It's a fascination with sporting culture. So bought into that completely, brought in Mike Millen, great guy, executive director of the Minnesota Coaches Association, mm -hmm. and he said, we're doing this. Um, he had already been down the road with Point Streak a little bit at the time, which okay. was a statistical platform that did stats. Sure. Um, so we were trying to figure out how to marry that into the stitch and what I was doing there and how that would work. And uh, Nyberg goes, I know these three guys from Eau Claire uh, that are starting this company and it's kind of slow going for them. Maybe uh, they can help us make a site and we can help promote them into their tools. So basically at the time there was this web wizard tool that would do youth sports was a guy somewhere in New Hope. And it was very antiquated, but at the time it was what we had. Sure. And these kids had put together um, great tools from which even uh, people with no experience could figure out how to manage, even me. And I didn't have to have Dreamweaver, which took up all the space on my laptop. Right. Beautiful, all cloud-based. They just can, they would just gather in tools and uh, aggregate those and then provide those to the end user. So we started this website. Point Streak was the stats package within there because at the time they were known as TST Media. They did not have the stats. So um, that was a marriage there. And uh, those guys blew up because they each did the same thing or created the same thing the others do. And then, you know, blah, 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 blah. The rest is history. Then it became uh, the MN Hockey hmm. Hub, which was um, uh, a TST Media product. It became Sports Engine, N-G-I-N, which became NBC Sports Engine. And so that has always run its deal. And, and I maintain that I've been trying like mad to try to wiggle that away. Yeah. I tried, I made a run in 2012. I'm trying to make a run now. And, and I, it just goes to show the brilliance of, of what that website concept, there's nothing like it Correct. to its depth and value when it was at its peak. Right now, it's just whatever my good friend David LeVay can get stuffed in there for an article. Uh, but mm. when, when Lauren Nelson, myself, and Tim Kolaminen and... Uh, Jordan Doffing and, and the other contributors were driving content constantly. I Justin remember. McGill. Uh, it was something you would go to every day with two, three new articles, new podcasts. Mm -hmm. My podcast at the time would do 9,000 listens per show, 9 to 12,000 yeah. per show. It was definitely a destination, no question. So that's it. like, that could be up to uh, 36,000 listens per week on a podcast uh, on that. So it has so much credibility. But now the Star Tribune owns it, it's kind of lost its personality. A little bit. Because it's become a paper. I get it. Um, but that's kind of how that whole thing worked. Well, and as far as, <clears throat> excuse me, the MyFox Hockey, uh, there were some accolades that came uh, through that product. I, I remember either one, two, or three Emmys, perhaps, as far as being awarded to whether it be you or the show altogether. Um, can you tell anything about that? I mean, do you do you have a trophy in your in your home or anything like that that I'm not aware uh. of? Or? But there were some accolades. Um, I mean, there were some really positive things that came out of my Fox Hockey. Um, I might have three. And a lot of great friendships. I too. might have three. Oh, dude. Okay. There's three of them. And, um, you know, we, we, we won them for uh, new media. Mm -hmm. uh, we won them for studio show. Uh, and I think one for studio show hosting or something like that. Um, but I never... They give you one. 
and the one you got to buy is 250 bucks and that yeah. was three straight years yeah and you know at the time you right. know when you're broke and oh, you're, sure. you're you're you know my daughter once asked me when she was 12 she's gonna be 21 in june god beautiful and uh oh, that's amazing no kidding when she was 12 she goes what do you really do <laughs> i said what do i do i'm an artist she goes <laughs> she laughed out loud she goes that's just like you saying because you're a drummer you're a musician yeah, oh, <laughs> that my is God. funny. Well, you are to a degree, but it's, it's uh, just a different, uh, different area, I guess, to be considered art. But it was just a great, uh, great relationship. Now, uh, as it stands, what is going to make Pete satisfied that he's arrived? Have, have you arrived yet, or what do you? What will it take to get you to feel like you've arrived? Ah, uh, <clears throat> mm, man. Yeah, it's a pretty deep question, but uh, I, I, from the outside looking uh, in, you've arrived a long time ago, yeah, but I've, you continue to arrive. Where, where, where is it going to be in five I've, years? I've Let's got, go that I've way. got my answer. I, I, I'd like to think uh, I arrived, and uh, I evolve. But you keep reinventing. But I'm too. evolving. Yeah, right. So, um, I'm not going to be the guy who will go to KFan for thirty years and sit there and open my mic at the same time of every day. Spend my. I couldn't do that. I go absolutely ape. Shit, well, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. A lot of them are. Well, I mean, it, it, but but so so I I I clearly embrace technology mm-hmm. and I love it. And uh, as far as God, that's just such a good question because it's sort of um, it could it, it could have so many meanings and so many levels. What is the definition mm-hmm. of arrived? Is it is it having what my original goal was an NHL play by play job of which I I firmly. I'm convinced I'm as good as anybody out there. I don't argue with that at all. Uh, do, do I even want that now? I say no, but all of the all of the women that I've ever dated have said bullshit. You would take it in two seconds. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if I want to be controlled that way. Mm. Um, I think you might try it. I think you well, might commit for a year and see how it goes. Okay, and then kind of let me say this. Regroup. If 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 what's happening on FSN with Wild Games. Mm-hmm is actually a person that is editorializing and selling hope. Or if that's what's expected from management, I want zip to do right. with it, nothing to do with it. And I don't care if I burned a bridge. I don't care. I, I won't right. do that. No. I won't. If they suck, I'm going to say they suck. Uh, if, if, if the building's empty, the building's empty. Why do you think... I don't care. Why do you but think, I think it's wrong. Why do you think your probably overall longtime hero in Al Shaver mm. was so popular? Not only the way he called the game, but he was honest about it. If they weren't uh, it, playing well, he would say they weren't playing well. There wasn't any cheerleading or anything like that. You if, trusted Al Shaver to If they were translate. bottled up in their own zone, and they were on a run <clears throat> of four straight horrific games in 1975, which was very possible. I remember. Perlifrosser. Uh, per- oh, <laughs> holy. Uh, he, 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 would, he would say, oh, they're just not playing well. They just can't figure it out. And now you can't and, do that. Yeah, I mean, you can't. And... and, and, and or you can, I just choose not to right. be put into that box no, because journalistically, it's not appropriate. I am not going to sell hope. Our job is to indeed tell the story. Mm-hmm. And that's what they trust us to do. But you do also have to honor the club and sell tickets. Walking, I get that. Walking the fine line. It's a fine line from sounding absolutely pathetically Homer versus... Just doing the job. Yeah. So, have I arrived? Um, in my mind, I have. I, you know, I mean, 
Well, I, it, I, maybe you know, I could have phrased that a little different, Pete, because obviously you've you've had success. Uh, you've reached different levels. You've expanded the boundaries of, of thought, and you have a vision. So, uh, but I, I thought that you arrived way back in the day, especially when my Fox Hockey, uh, you know, was on the on the cover or the website or something like that. Uh, that's well, then there was a lot of studio time there too, which was nice. <clears throat> and um, but but to me, what it is is. Millions of people have watched, listened, or viewed our games. It's kind of humbling, isn't Millions. it? Millions, yep. And they continue to come back, and our um, our net continues to to bring in more fish. And I'll um, oh, oh god, I mean this. I don't want to sound self serving, but should I? Go ahead. I have seen what a lot of other states do for high school sports. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's Indiana. <clears throat> I don't care if it's Texas because I've seen them both. Right. Okay. Of course, we're talking about basketball and football, respectively. Nobody, nobody covers high school sports the way we do here, and nobody covers a singular sport the way high school hockey is covered here. I am exceptionally proud of that. Minnesota is the benchmark, and I will say this: I do believe that Dave Stead receives a lot of credit from the Minnesota State High School League. He had to protect the brand and do the things he had to do, but he was very open and willing to allow all of us who wanted to cover the games and expose the games and the communities in the appropriate way that weren't just the MSHSL brand. He was very open to that, and I respected that. Uh, Howard Voigt and now Tim Layton completely respect that. Yeah, you, you shared your vision and they bought into it. You need that kind of support to move the process forward, uh, obviously. Well, and they were visionaries in their own right with what they've done, which has been really good. So, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's been absolutely uh, cool. And the technology and the gear we have is, I'll challenge anybody. We got good gear. No, you've you've gone out of your way to present a a, a product that is uh, I I think it's peerless to a certain degree. And is it perfect? No, not necessarily. But it's getting uh, closer and closer every time we kind of do this. But I'm just happy to be a part of it. It's it's been very uh, very nice to hear good things from people who appreciate what we're doing. And and you know we've gone over to millions uh, of people as you said have viewed our broadcast and nobody's throwing anything at me when I go out in public. So I, I'll deem that a success. But. Uh, uh, but I've enjoyed really going along with the ride. It's been a long period of time, and people ask me, they say, why do you do it? And it's just because I, I love what we do. It's my favorite level. Uh, I love NHL playoffs. Who doesn't? But yeah. as far as getting me off my couch to go watch a hockey game, high school can do that. Quick question for you. Now, obviously, we have certain teams that we cover. We do their home games. But yeah. before, we used to be a little bit more uh, all over the metro area. How did you kind of go into choosing the games? Because it always seemed like you picked a really good game for that particular night. You seem to have a knack for it, and you should uh, invest in betting on <laughs> horse races, too. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because it did seem as though every game we've done, one after the other after the other, it's oh, changed a little bit. It's right. changed a little bit because of how, how, what the business model is. But sure. When I would look at a schedule, I would look at who was who was good last year, who was young, mm-hmm. who had good goaltending, yeah, uh, who had who had skill players, and what their Bantam teams are doing coming up, mm-hmm. and how many of those guys would realistically be be penetrating a lineup and making a difference in the mm-hmm. final outcome. So I would kind of do that, and uh, most of the times it seemed to work, and. We were able to get the games that mattered the most, and we've had some epics. I mean, are there any that stand out in you, Bart, as an all-time classic? 
There, there's or are there just too many? There's, there's just too many. It's an easy answer. It's almost a, an easy out to a certain degree. But I mean, I, I think I saw Burnsville Dining game down at either the Met or at the at the X, where they were down by three goals with four minutes to play, and they came back and tied it or something. It was just, it was unbelievable. But all the holiday tournaments, the all Minnetonka Dining one when Louie Nanny scored the game winner, oh absolutely, they and they back. were they that were was, rolling that was coming in about that. what 2011, 12. High <clears> in, in the slot, just let a wrister go. I remember it. it like well, it, was it looked like Lou, uh, Grandpa Lou. It kind of I mean, did. The, the way it? that back foot kicked Except up, he scored. <laughs> the way that, Kidding. The, the way that back foot kicked up and he buried. Uh, that that's one that stands out to me. Um, mm-hmm. Another one that stands out, believe it or not, is uh, Dream State is over. That was an audio only one, but that game was oh magical, man. I that mean, was, that was one um, of the great can I games. Can you know a little something there? I Please hope no, do. I hope Noel Please Ron do. doesn't really get too hard on me on this, but <laughs> I gotta say this: um, we were chatting uh, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving at my place, McCoy's. And uh, a bunch of his guys were there. It's nice to run into him uh, with Soup, your guy, Chris Garvin. Oh, I love him. And uh, doing his whistle solo with the guitar. <laughs> this is amazing. Um, must see. But, but we were talking about that game, and um, you know, Stefan Veyu is now on staff with him, yes. with David Maley. Yes. And he had said that Steph had been working with him a little bit on the side anyway. He said, so um, the great part about Noel was, as he was talking about his reverence for uh, Jacques Lemaire, and I have the exact same feeling. Oh, he was. And uh, I believe Noel was a scout for a while with the Wild. He might have been, maybe. Um, I don't know. I think so in that era with Tommy Thompson, those guys. And, and I, you know, so there's complete respect for what you do with what you have when you're overmatched. It's not just a simple trap, it's other things that are engaged with it. He said, so we had a couple of weeks, we implemented um, really Jock's system with the help of Stefan, mm-hmm. and um, it worked. Yeah, it did. And it shut him down. And that was a talented Tonka team. They had no oh, business losing that hockey game. Right on. But um, there was, there's a little inside baseball for you uh, on that. So uh, it was, you know, I, I, I didn't recognize a full-on 1-2-2, but uh, I, I, the neutral well, zone was Well, that's my different. job, and I probably didn't well, recognize and it the, the, the neutral zone was a little different, and, and, you know, the way they got the puck and moved it out. But it was, <clears> it was just a game of the, 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 the tension and the added pressure that I'm sure Goldie will, and he's kind of said, doesn't admit. You know, he's like, you know, you just got to play. You know, that's what everybody's supposed yeah. to say, but I'll say it. You had uh, Hockey Day in Minnesota with the extremely cold weather that wreaked havoc on yeah. all of those teams. frostbite. All of them. Players as well. Yep. Then you had that pressure of Dream State. Yeah. You know, I'm watching guys, oh I'm watching guys on the Tonka team that are coming to the rink that used to be just wearing whatever. Now they're wearing these like just sweet NHL level uh, coats. Yep, they and, don't dress you know, in the dark. That's for sure. They're working the suits. And the hair <laughs> was done, and you know they had their they had their little two caps on the right way, so the flow was popping out. You know, but we would do the same thing. Well, I'm for sure. sure. I, I'm not ripping it. I, you you don't think I would? Oh, you would. I'm about you'd the most vain guy ever going to meet for you sure. Think? Have a little curl on your forehead. I'd say wait. I'd say hang on before you roll. I got to do something here. But anyway. Um, I, I do think, Bart, that that, that uh, totally distracted and put pressure on that team. I do, too. And um, you're rolling mm. cameras, and um, I love the concept behind the show. Super cool. Um, but in, in the end, it was building and crescendoing on that Saturday at Braemar Arena 
where there was like this ominous cloud that was flowing in from the first five minutes, and then it got thicker at the 10, yeah. and then in the second period, yeah. and then the third, and you're just like going, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, and, and this is not a monumental upset because Holy Family Catholic was terrible. They were good. They had a they ton of talent. Spot. They had Absolutely. a team, they had the whole crew. But the level of what we expected from that skipper team was so amazing. In a one-game playoff, anybody can lose. Absolutely. And that's what makes high school so great. In a seven-game series, it's a grind, and whoever breaks down first Usually loses. the best team will Usually. come Usually, but if you, if you break down and fold, you're out. Uh, but when there's one game, man, 51 minutes with a little extra time if you need it, that's, that's pretty and much the deal. The longer that Holy Family is with them, the more you believe that there might be something special brewing. Well, and you know how you can tell, too, it's funny, is when the period break comes, is you look around uh, the press box area at Braemar Arena, and then you look down the rows of stands, and you see all the heads go down to the phones. Mm -hmm. There's just tons of tweeting and communication going on. That There's just a, a really weird vibe and buzz. It, yeah. it was the coolest thing. I, I don't know. I, I mean, there's many, but that one was... It still stands out to me. And I'm going to tell you, that was one of the great goal calls that I've ever heard you call. It was I don't just, even know where that came oh, from. Oh, I, I think about it in the hair on my uh, <laughs> arms and back of the neck stand up. It was just uh, so appropriate for the situation. And uh, the way that Dreamscape actually crafted that was very ingenious. The way they oh, they made it. me they sound like Satan. Well, they made it. They muffled it in the beginning, but that's how they actually ended the whole Dream State. Is you saying Dream State is over? And I thought that was horribly appropriate. And it was really a great finish to that. I I just couldn't <clears> believe it. I, I you know I thought I thought the dream the first thing I thought of is the dream is over, mm -hmm. and I'm like well shit this is dream state right on and I saw the cameras and the booms ah, I don't care <laughs> I don't care hell with it no I'm kidding but no that was that was a notable game yeah I mean there's uh, so many more but I mean in recent time really incredible I thought it was great because we that talk overtime winner against them <clears throat> was a big one too absolutely. that game. Uh, I mean, you it's, go on and on and on. It's such a privilege to cover great programs like the Minnetonkas, the Eden Prairies, Edina, uh, Holy Angels, but they'll say Margaret's. But uh, I actually watch Dream State, and I, I have a passing interest in it, obviously, because it has to do with high school hockey, and it's a great production. But that one in particular, just because we were so familiar with, with that team, it, it had a special place. I just wish that I would have known that maybe they would have used my voice, so I would have probably planned a little better and been a little bit more engaging. But uh, but you nailed that. No, one. you're being very natural. They used you a lot in there. More than I thought. They no, would. I mean, well, you were setting the table. <laughs> well, that's what I guess my job is, and I try to do it, and I'm glad but, it. But that's an kind of worked out. That's an example of something when we're doing the overtime talk show, and we still see people we run into at Jerry's and say okay. thank you very much. But but that's that's something. And that's decades later. I know too. we're still doing it, and we're not that old. Right. Well, you aren't. I'm getting. Uh, I'm flirting on the backside of uh, of well, life right now. We've I don't got know some good things the... cooking with the ladies too. So. Oh wow. Well, You're not hurting. No. Well, we'll uh, deviate from that a little bit, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not about me. This is about oh, asking I just Pete Wagner. Love it. Love it. Um, okay. You're you're an artist. Uh, uh, and, yeah, you and are. a musician. And a musician. Mm -hmm. um, now, drums. Where are you at right now with drums? You still play drums on Sundays yeah. and Saturdays and yeah, such? Yeah, I wish I could be playing them on Sunday right now. Okay. Obviously, we've been uh, neutered with uh, the Save at Home sure. thing, which should have been lifted weeks ago, but that's okay. You can now know how I feel about it. No, I'm absolutely. done with it. Done right. with it. I think a lot of uh, But are. no, I've played at, uh, at, at, at church uh, and uh, started in 2002. And uh, when I went through my divorce, it was a really important uh, expression for me. 
And uh, I, I had worked hard as a, as a young kid on the snare drum with the Haskell Hard method of the 26 rudiments. Um, never really liked where I was at on the kit because I was never really taught it because my drum teacher, Scott Crosby, said it will just fall into play. And I'm like, eh, mm-hmm. okay. Need more um, Yeah. Um, so, so I was able to, um, <laughs> over the past 20 years of playing every week, sometimes twice a weekend, uh, really start to work that part of my game into play. And uh, it helped me psychologically get through some tough times, mm-hmm. uh, keep me close to it's my amazing. Faith, it's amazing. Which what, is very important. Yeah. And by the way, I see West Metro at Our Lady of Grace on Sunday. Really? Uh, I see Buddha Ken uh, Pauly. Another, another great... Ken Pauly comes in. Well, see him there. Mike and West Metro, are, it's a relationship that, uh, or a friendship that developed this year, and they're very valuable to uh, high school hockey. They love it. It's easy to like those guys. Nobody better. They're awesome. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I play a lot, and we've got uh, an incredible uh, group of musicians that uh, that play. And uh, it's not about us; it's about uh, what we're what we're providing for everybody to get closer to their faith and what they're at uh, holy mass for. I think that's awesome. And, and a little fun fact for everybody: and you don't have to take any notes or anything like that. But uh, P. Wagner and myself used to be in a band. Love it. Uh, and was, I even forwarded you a picture of way back in the day where we all looked so young. I've been debating posting but, it, but oh, I hate my do-rag bandana. Oh, I just like... Dude, it was, it was the times, but you look you look good. It was uh, the time. Is it okay? <clears throat> Should I do it? Uh, why not? It was the times. But just think of that area in our life. I, I have no business being a musician, so to speak. They just taught me my parts and I practiced because I didn't I know, embarrass, but, but it was so much fun. But you fun. did it. It so, was so much fun. So I look at that picture and I looked at you over there and uh, I chuckle because I'm like... You, you never missed. You, 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 so you're playing. Keyboards. I was still afraid to no, embarrass no, myself. No, no, but I, mean, else. I know, I know. But I mean, you were just like. I, I enhanced. I, I, I have to say that that it's it's a part of your personality that I really appreciated because, you, you know, you were the light guy for Stormer back in the yeah, day, and you know, and too. you loved that angle. Oh, it's great. But you got up on stage and you took a chance and you put your hands on the keys and a lot of those tunes were like the Smiths and the Cure and those yeah. kinds of things that needed that REM that, that yeah that needed Stan. that that layer. The song Stan was my was my feature. That, that was... I, I practiced that so much, just I didn't want to mess it up. <laughs> you never did. If you mess the start up of that song, but, it just sends the wrong but, message. But you never did. It you was great. Correct. I practiced. Uh, and, and I was so, committed. So, so, so to me, um, to watch you do that and to watch you go and because you probably messed around on the guitar a little bit, still do, uh, and you're you're playing a lot and you're happy with it, which is what it's all about. And that's what Not the satisfied, uh, pandemic, the pandemic, right. has done for you. But, but I, I, I admired watching you do that because um, it, it was it was all good, you know. Uh, the, the the part that I loved the most was uh, fuzzy on bass. Oh my goodness. He's just your in prototypical picture, bass player. In that picture. Leaning back. I mean, it's, he, he, he never used a pick. <laughs> Folks, go to Wags' uh, Facebook yeah, I page post that uh, here later I had to post it here it's today a before classic. I leave. It's a, yeah. We're on Hay Bale Wagons. Yeah, well, so what I oh. did what I did with that picture, though, because it looks so dusty, I edited it so you can't see the Hay Bale. Oh. Wait. No, I'm not going to do it because, the fun, it was, because there was no people around it. You have to let me finish this. <laughs> oh because there are two Hay Wagons, and there's obviously there's four wheels on each one, but if I started rocking or Fuzzy started rocking on the, the ends, it would bounce you up and down. So you had a so, constant so up and down movement while you're, while you're Craig, playing. But Craig it was Weber, part of the atmosphere. Craig, Craig Weber said that, <laughs> So So there was this really weird crescendo to that gig. Okay. Should we tell the story? Why not? Why not? This is awesome. So uh, it's 1989. I'm working in KLGR Radio. And my uh, roommate, Mark Tree Fry, was just a classic. I remember Mark. Uh, uh, a townie. He had this guy named Junior. 
from uh, uh, J&D's Bar and Grill in Delhi, Minnesota, about six minutes northwest of Redwood Falls in our radio station. Yep. Right there. I remember. Town of like 50 people. But it's like right in the core of the town of Redwood. Sure. It's cool. So, and it had a lot, and JD, J, JD's did a lot of business. And he did a lot of business with the radio station, but he got a little bit behind of the bills. Okay? So Mark and I were sitting around, and he knew I was leaving every weekend to go practice and mess around with our stuff and do whatever we were doing and having fun. And uh, he's like, hey, I got an idea. Why don't we put on a show with your band? And we'll we'll have like volleyball. We'll start you at six. And they had us they wanted us to play from six to midnight. Remember that? Yeah. And Mark Storm was beside himself going, "We can't do that. We have we don't have enough material." I'm like, "Ah!" I'm like, "Just extend we'll just it." Play the same songs I, I mean, over and over again. That's what I said. I said because half the people are going to leave, they'll never know. And he's that's like, right. "We can't do that." I'm like, "Okay." So so, <laughs> remember? That? I can see him saying that too. He's the realist out of the I know. group. He, 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 he looked at me very seriously. Wags, we can't do that. We're not. And I'm like, okay, we're not. So, but we did. We got the material. We took a couple breaks, obviously, which everybody does. But I remember when we started at six. Well, first of all, I opened the radio station at five in the morning. Okay. I might have had some beers the night before till about midnight. Okay. So, so I opened the radio station, leave there at 11. Get back to the Twin Cities about 1230. We're at Southern Thunder Sound, getting all of our sound and uh, all of our... uh, Lights, and I'm getting the drums together, and you're getting your stuff together, and we caravaned out to Redwood Falls. On the way out, I have this thing when it's sunny out and I'm tired, I get really sleepy behind the wheel. Oh, that's not because you're, you're squinting, sure, sure, you know, and uh, sunglasses maybe. Well, that's know. worse because then I get even more chill. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm driving my Jeep, brand new Jeep, remember? Yeah, I remember. and uh, tops off, it's great, but I'm like, holy smokes, am I tired. So I hadn't done a lot of this, but no-dose was the thing to do at the University of Minnesota. Remember? Nope. Maybe. So I popped a couple of those uh, right around 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, right when we're getting ready to start. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm like that. Okay. I'm like... Zzz. Okay. <laughs> Wags was in the process of developing speed metal. It was unbelievable. <laughs> and so I always had a pension in that era to speed up a lot. You right. know, I love the chorus and I right. fucking push it. And it would piss everybody off. It's just how it was, right? Right. So, so this is great. So, uh, next thing you know, there's like not hardly anybody there, and now it's busier and busier. And and you know, as it got dark, we stopped playing, and then our lights went off. But I could, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember hearing a lot of voices out there. Oh, there was there like was, there was like a roar. Well, you know, sometimes like, when like, the sun goes down, that's when people go out. Well, so because that so that's where me and Mark Treefry came up with the nickname. We called all the townies bats. Oh, because and the we call them we call them effing bats, right? Uh, because he came up to me at about uh, eight thirty because it was in the summer. He goes, "Where is everybody?" I go, "I don't know." Next break, I go, "Where'd they come from?" He goes, "I don't know." I go, "You know what they are? They're effing bats, dude." Right, and so then we all refer to them as bats, right? Um, so the bats came up. But what what I thought was critical is we had about a dozen chicks come from the University of Minnesota that were all pretty hot. I remember. Okay, and the phones started ringing. People were calling their homes and stuff and bars and saying, you got to come over to J&D's. There's some chicks here. So um, it got loaded up. He ended up selling out all of his his booze. I, I remember He's, that too. All the beer was gone. 
We finished playing at midnight. There were a ton of people there. When we were tearing down, we had the floodlights on, and I'm looking around, and it looked like the grounds of Woodstock. There right. was so much. On a yeah, smaller scale, but you're right. No, Absolutely. but I bet you there are a couple thousand people there. I, I, I don't know because I was so focused on not making a mistake. Meanwhile, meanwhile you're going to love this while we're getting into this. So I've got the no-dos cooking, and then at about 7, I'm getting beers. People are sending them to me. I heard that maybe beer and no-dos is a bad combo. I, I wouldn't know. But. Well, I'll tell you what. So about 9 o'clock, they keep coming. Beer after beer after beer. At least your pace started different to slow people, down a different, bit. different people, right? Yeah. And I didn't know who was buying this stuff. Um, what I do know, and I, I, I apologized after one of the breaks, and I don't know if it was you or Fuzzy. I think it was Fuzzy said, Oh, my God, Wagon Train, that's the best you've ever played. Oh, well, it would have been Fuzzy. It was fuzzy. Okay. I remember Craig Weber was there, a great drummer. Just loud. Admire the shit out Always of him. Always great drummer, but he's very loud. Yeah, he plays one speed loud and hard. <laughs> and, yeah. and I'm more of a uh, layoff. And You're nervous. I like to let it breathe. You're nervous, you know? I like to let it breathe. You're but but he said the greatest part. <laughs> you brought this up. The greatest part is when he said he goes, God, Wags, the best part was those. Hay bales were bouncing. He goes, I thought your drums were going to bounce right off the end. I go, I know. I go, I know. It was unbelievable. I said it was in my mind the whole time. I think I started about eight feet back. As long as we were in rhythm and had you rocking the rhythm, it probably helped you a little bit. It was unbelievable. That's what made you play your best all that. We helped you keep time. No, I don't know what it was. You know what it was? Is It's sort of like broadcasting when there's a big game. You don't let yourself become the game, and you just let the process take care of itself. And um, you know, I looked at Mark Storm as an incredible talent. The guy is awesome. He's our version of Prince. He is a great. You know what? Multi um, completely underrated. Oh, um, does a lot of work in the business now, and yeah. and that guy, uh, I have such admiration for his passion, the way he plays, um, what he wants, what he wanted to get out of everybody. The guy was special. I mean, he was really good. It all fit perfectly. Yeah. It was fun. I missed, it was a great... I, I actually missed that. And I've tried no. to make some stabs at a reunion. It was a great quintet. I, I think it was we, fun. I think we should. I, I still make stabs at it. And I would love to get somebody's marquee birthday, like a uh, 30th for you or something, birthday, that we do like <laughs> that we do like at the Marriott or something, and oh, we have a, a, a big get-together. That would be really fun. I don't know if we we'll be able to go out in public for my birthday, actually, because it's in mid-June, so... Hopefully we'll be well, we need to rehearse for about six to eight months, and we need to get about eight hours of material to satisfy oh, Mark. Yeah. What would what would be on our playlist now? What would be added? I would have to imagine we would go back to some of the nostalgic songs that we did. But uh, what was I, your favorite song? I don't know. There's so many. I, I love the Cure songs just because that was my era back then. That's what our jam was pretty much. But uh, we, everything. I, I, I would everything. say I, I just was very appreciative that I could actually contribute and be if, a part if, of it. That if you were to compare, if you were to compare our band to what it was and what our vibe was, is we were a hybrid of the Cure and REM. I agree because that's, our that's focus was on college age and college. Yeah, you know, that's what was going you know, on. And it wasn't you know, mainstream. There, there wasn't was a lot fun. of you two in there. No. Um, but I always felt as though we played heaven, uh, knocking on heaven's door as well as anybody. Yeah. I thought that was it. There, there wasn't there wasn't the overpowering power of Guns N' Roses, but it wasn't that vanilla version we hear from from Bob Dylan. It's a great tune. But I thought we had a good mix with that. Yeah. And then I also I also liked how we did the uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood version oh. of uh, Born to Run, and oh. I, I I I thought that thing sounded great. Yeah, there was a lot of good things about uh, it. Big Al was was <clears throat> terrific on the vocals. 
and the big personality. Oh, he was he was six seven and about two hundred seventy pounds, and he was not a small man. But it, he'd always wear his big Dave Brown Philadelphia Flyers jersey. It was trademark. Oh well, it would draw a lot of attention to him. I mean, he drew a lot of attention just because of his size. But uh, but then they watched him play and how comfortable he was. He was he was a great enhancement to the band. But it was really driven by Stormer and everybody else was kind of on. We were sort of his his bit players his support, but uh, but it all worked just because of the personalities. Do you think Mark had fun with it? Oh. He wouldn't have done it. He wouldn't have done it if he didn't. But he was—he was committed to our band, like you are committed to the streaming broadcast. I mean, a lot of work went into it, and he was the one that initiated it. And, and we were all the color guys that just showed up, and we were the family. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. So because today I've—I've I've personally changed so much as a player mm-hmm. and uh, as a desire to to play music, where um, I would love to just try to. Uh, be more than a, a, a bit player, not a creator, but uh, everything has a pulse and everything mm-hmm. has, you know, he, he, he's, he was the perfect leader for what we did because he lended all of us instant credibility. Well, indeed he did. I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, how many people can really name all the members in Prince's band, but they appreciate him for what they brought. You know, some people might be able to, but he was just such a solid man. He was actually the best man at my wedding. Uh, and I had a lot of good choices, but I didn't make the wrong one with that. He's just a solid individual, and he's got a great family. He's doing quite well, so we're happy to hear about Remember that. Remember In the Mood? Uh-huh. Remember that bass line? Yeah. He, he kept trying to get me to, to sing and try to see if I could do it, and I don't know if I ever really impressed him very much, but he always kind of gave me the opportunity of you, just whether I could fly or not. You are funny that way because you always short-sell yourself on your vocal capability, and what I mean by that is, so before a game starts, if there's sweet child of mine or yeah. something going on, you'll get the, Wah! but he does it perfect, you know, or, or until there's people or, in front or, of me, or, 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 uh, so he'll be getting his clipboard together. He's got his head down and, uh, all of a sudden a song comes on over the PA and he just starts kicking into it. Let's go there for a minute. I got to ask no, you. No, no, I'm not no, doing no, anything. No, I'm not okay, going to ask cool. you. I'm going to ask you a question. Very good. Um, what, <laughs> what components of our broadcasts have you uh, uh do, do you like the what's the most fun for you okay this is going to be really easy and a very simple uh our banter back and forth mm-hmm. i think our byplay in our me knowing when to jump in me, and i'm not perfect because it doesn't always happen perfectly but just enhancing your statement or giving you a little shot when you don't have the ability to, to retort. Because <laughs> I mean, I'm just, coughing? Just, right, or, or the, just the byplay. But it's just the dynamic of how we get along and what our goal is. And, what, and, and I think we have great success translating what's going on. I, I'm a part of it, but I'm not a driving force. But it's just, I, I love the banter and the byplay uh, of our relationship uh, when we're doing our broadcast. Well, and all of the feedback that we receive and that we get is that that's a big component of what people like. And, and, and that's, well, that's what separates that, us. That, that's what's really cool about it. But yeah, Bart mm-hmm. has this ability where, so I had COVID-19 on uh, J- January 21st. Mm-hmm. I'm sure of it. And uh, probably infected thousands of people. Not knowing. And now we have herd immunity because of it. Of course Thank not, you knowing, for that. not knowing. Public no service, idea. Pete Wagner. Uh, but, Get the antibodies out. But, but in the end, <clears throat> I'm going to take that test once available too because I'm sure of it. But but in the end, um, because I didn't have A and B at the time, mm-hmm. and they didn't know what it was. So there you go. So what do you think? Uh, so so um, but every winter I get this <laughs> cold. Minnesota cold. And I try like with all my might to not get sick in January and get through to February, sure. and, and then just then I usually would get sick in March. I would go to Florida, 
and then I'd be better when I came home. Mm-hmm. Just burn it out with the mm-hmm. ultraviolet rays, which actually work. I know, right. I know, CNN doesn't want to hear that, but right. um, I don't put the bleach in. But that was subtle. Uh, well, of course. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, there's actually studies about that. Let's Did you know that? Stay on okay. point here. Um, so, so that are true. So, so anyway, um, I got really sick this year, and Bart knows exactly how many words I can say before I'm about to cough. He can hear it. Yep. And he knows if it's just a quick one of those, yeah. and I volume it down, yeah. or if it's going to be a couple boom, 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 boom. And then he knows exactly when to dive in. I've got my volume down. You don't even know what's happening. It's amazing. Right. It's right. it's 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 an unwritten. It's like a husband and a wife. And I'm kind of getting a little oh, better at the play by play through all the through the experience. Uh, you've got, all, you got the, a lot of that this well, year. I, yeah, I, I can just hear the clicks going. Oh, we'll just come back when Pete's back. Nah, I actually I, actually <laughs> once you started trusting yourself. Kind of like the keyboard, you started doing better. Well, I felt bad because there was actually a goal when I was calling it. I haven't called a goal call. That's not my job. I haven't done it in 25 years, except for you know talking over you and yours. Uh, but I felt so bad for the young man because I didn't give it the proper recognition. But you know, we learn as we go. But it's not my hey, at least it was uh, on, it's not my know? forte. But but uh, we just make it work. But that's part of the fun things is as much as we have it structured and planned out, there's always those little variables that sneak into it that we just have to make the adjustments. But it keeps it very interesting. What about uh, no? You're interviewing me. Sorry, I've got more questions, but I'm going to leave it. Well, go ahead. I mean, what about the cast of characters that we have? I mean, you go from uh, Todd Grover to David Hillen to yourself to Patrick Lilia. Um, I mean, those are kind of the key Natalie. components. Uh, Natalie Stevens, uh, Natalie, David uh, have jumped in. Patrick's been with us a couple of years. Groves is just a go-to. Uh, McCann, uh, John Sands, Mr. Uh, power Strip. He's got this power strip that has like, oh my 80, <laughs> has like 80 things you plug into it. He's got a big grin when he comes he's walking in. He's swiping from it. NASA. It, 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 it's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, but he saved me at the Burnsville broadcast once, which was huge. Well, he's a good uh, but no, uh, there's just a great okay. cast of characters, and we all have our thing. And uh, if you were to pick uh, a favorite venue from which to do a game, what is it? Mm, 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 mm. Holy Angels, uh, Richfield Ice Arena. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Braemar is by far my favorite place to be. But my eyes aren't getting any younger, and it's hard to see in the far corner. But Holy Angels, you're on top of the bench. Everything is right in front of you. Uh, it's just a fabulous environment. Braemar far end becomes a bit of a challenge, but once you know the Hornets, at least they're one of the teams. It's it's workable. Holy Angels is amazing for sight lines and vibe. Um, and they're getting better too. Which yeah, they really gotta be. They gotta be experience. better for it to be better for yep. me to put them at my favorite and they, place. They're getting but, there. Well, if they, well, once they are, I'll go there. Uh, I, I would say my favorite place to do a game. I'm gonna go Metro and Outstate. Uh, uh. Why do you say that? Because it's got the heater up top and you don't have to wear a winter coat. I do like Eden Prairie. Yeah. (laughs) Eden Prairie. But you like Benoit because they have food. (laughs) (laughs) Here's why I like Eden Prairie. Uh, You've got the heater. Yep. Okay. And then you also have uh, the quick exit out the back where you can go sit like in your own lounge. We've got our own bathroom. We've got our own lounge. We can eat up there. It's It's just a little cozy, that's all for me. Yeah, I mean, but I, 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 yeah, no, it's, I it's like a, the proximity to the rink. I like the so light of the facility. There's not a the negative about always, place. I think Eden Prairie is my favorite. I, I actually have to say that, well, Metro. I think I think all of them. Even Pagel, I'm most comfortable in there. Even How's Pagel that? has some great advantages as well. Sometimes it can be a challenge for the camera, but there isn't a bad rink in the, I in love the leaning, that we do. I love leaning out over and getting the feel of the vibe. We are so close to it there. It's unbelievable. I, I always feel that if I lean over, my pen's going to fall well, out of the ice or hit uh, the... Timekeeper in the head. Out, out, Greater Minnesota. Uh, 
I, I would say IRA Civic Center, but it's really not an ideal place to do a game from no, because they got the great platforms. venue. But you're right. Yeah, so I'm not going to say that. Um, Heritage is really first class. Oh, it's beautiful. It's like being in a pro it's game. It's so much fun. It's like they treat you like pros when you come up there. It's, it's pretty very awesome. Quaint and so very... I'd say Heritage. Uh, Roso is pretty fun too, but I'll say Heritage. You yeah. know, Aldrich isn't bad. I like the fact that they have pretty good parking, good proximity. Yeah, Aldrich is great. You have to make Aldridge sure Aldrich is you... great, except for when you get kicked down to the front row because uh, the uh, the staff from a certain radio station was too portly. No, I couldn't get, get in there. I know. That's oh so my funny. god, I was that, so pissed. I was just going to say that. I literally got launched because the people in there were too fat. True story. Right. <laughs> tell it. Tell it. No. Just come on. No, I, I don't. I'm not going to tell the story, but I I'm think gonna, everybody's so, pretty so, okay. So we're at Aldrich Arena. We're doing a section playoff game. Holy smokes. Um, it's and not, it's packed there, too. Yeah, and it's it, absolutely It was packed. like Stillwater. Was it Stillwater? And, uh, I think it was. Yeah, and Hill. Or White Bear Lake. Or one of, one of those two. Okay, so it was, you know, they got that long press box at center ice over the player bench. Um, you've, you can barely get through even if you are in decent shape. Um, if yeah, I do all right. <laughs> but oh my god, it was it was so so. I get up there, I survey the scene, and there is zero chance because one radio station that was there had mm-hmm. two very heavy people, mm-hmm. and it just blew the whole thing out. I mean, those two people were equal to two more people. I mean, if if you had, it, it was like having four people as opposed to two. Okay? Yes. So uh, Bart and I are jostling for... And Bart wanted nothing to do with being down in the... Uh, I went full Harry Carry. I took my headset, which fortunately had long extension and, mm-hmm. and could reach. And I did it from down front of the press box in the back row with standing room only with people on either side of me and crowd sitting in front of me. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Oh, I... I in fact, I have a quick story That was actually you. really fun. Oh, I... I and sometimes it's better to kind of get a, that perspective because I'm sure you kind of fed I'm just, off their I'm, energy I'm just laughing well. how I was the one that had to go down. And oh, yeah. Actually, I didn't want to have anything to do with being up there. I was so pissed. I, I wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah, and you, you're not one to wear your emotions I was asking for some either. salads to be mixed in at some point here. <laughs> but I remember one time we were doing a, a game at Braemar. We were doing it on the other side because, uh, and I don't know what it was, but I was down in the stands like you were sitting in front of the camera tower and, and you were back, so we were separated in that respect. But... This one lady kept turning back and looking at me. Oh, I know. <clears throat> and and I just keep doing my thing. And finally she goes, what are you doing? Why are you talking to yourself? And I said, we're doing a broadcast. And it turned out to be, I think, Casey Middlestats or somebody's grandmother or something like that. And I'm thinking back in my head, I hope I didn't say anything, which I never really do. But but it's kind of fun to get in the vibe. But I, what happened was it kind of threw me off a little bit because I watched what I said a little bit more because you're in no, the masses. No, you, you know what it was. So you have to kind of govern yourself You know what it was? Is we were calling Hunter Shepard a different name. Oh, okay. Remember? Yeah. And I think I know whose parents it were. It was a uh, very prominent hockey player whose dad turned... Well, that was a different story. Dad turned around at me and he said, it's... it's uh, I was calling him somebody else. Right. And uh, I just got stuck because they were both 35 and they looked the same. And, you know, one thing leads to another... And you would have think I had committed the major major sin that I was going straight to hell for it. But oh. uh, we got her fixed and uh, worked out. All right, sorry. I, I've derailed this thing. This is like a two-hour podcast. I've never done one this long. Well, I... How did it, it flow? It, I, I mean... Well, it doesn't seem like it was two hours. So I thought it, it, it was very... Uh... Uh, very uh, good, good material, and I'm sure we could probably go on for another two hours if we wanted to do that. So why don't we kind of wrap this one up for this time, and maybe we'll do another one down the way. All right, should we do... Uh, well, the next one we do down the way is going to talk about what our plans are for the upcoming 20 
2020-21 season. How about that? But the, the, the problem that I kind of have with it is that I have plenty of questions to ask, so maybe we'll do one a little bit before that. A part two. A part two, and then we'll go ahead and dive wow. into the season. If this is so part a little one. little tease. little tease. If, if anybody's still if with still us. There. If If anyone's still with us... Uh, Direct message me on Messenger, yeah, and or whatever, or on Twitter, and say you're still here, and and maybe we could have a prize or something. What would that be? Uh, we'll have to discuss that off air. We'll have uh, to go get something from uh, somebody. But no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. My first blush. Maybe as a, far maybe as, a free uh, oil change from Luther. Oh goodness. Well, we'll figure something out. Oh, I like that one. That's not a dumb idea. Uh, I mean, it's not. It's not. It's, we, might, we might be able to make that happen. It's neither here nor there. All right, well, Bart, uh, Bart, uh, great job running the ship here. Oh, I didn't run. I was just, uh, again, a a character, but I I at least kept you on the rails as long as I could. But no, I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy man, but uh, I think that that, that your your fans and your friends and everybody would like to hear these stories a little bit more in depth and get a little bit more detail uh, because we can't go and talk to anybody at McCoy's. Like we like to. to. We will in the future, so... Uh, but we'll kind of, if we do another podcast, we'll let you know when we're going to McCoy so you can join us and we can have more of an open discussion. Awesome. That'd be a lot of fun. We can do it outside, too. All right. Thank you, everybody, for your time today. Uh, stay safe. Wash your hands, please. And uh, we'll get through this. So long, everybody. So long, everybody. Oh, you stole it. I know. All right. Hold well on.